You're listening to a podcast series from Vietcetera Production. Vietnam is forecasted to be one of the fastest growing economies in Southeast Asia and the world. To understand the dynamics behind Vietnam's miracle growth, Vietcetera meets with business leaders every week to discuss the country's future growth prospects. We also learn about how they build and manage teams and why they think innovation will be key to Vietnam's role in the world order. Heineken Vietnam is celebrating its 30th anniversary this year with the theme Growing Together with Vietnam. Looking back, they built their first brewery in Ho Chi Minh City in 1991. And fast forward to today, they already have a total of six breweries across the country with over 3,300 employees. Heineken Vietnam has also expanded its flavor options over the years, perfect for every celebration. The well-loved Heineken, Tiger, LaRue, Bia Viet, Pivina, Edelweiss, and Strongbow Apple Cider. Heineken Vietnam has also received various recognitions from prestigious institutions for successfully winning brand awareness, lead generation, and innovation awards. Recently, Heineken Vietnam bagged the Marketer of the Year and Brand of the Year from this year's Vietnam Mobile Marketing Awards. Proof that no matter how tough this year may seem, there's always a reason to celebrate. In today's episode of Vietnam Innovators, Alex, Heineken Vietnam's Managing Director, extends the celebration in our studio as he takes us on a trip down memory lane, sharing his 24-year journey with the company straight out of college. Alex also gives us a sneak peek of what they're brewing for the next chapter of Heineken Vietnam. What's up, guys? It's your host, Hao Tran here for another episode of Vietnam Innovators. As always, thanks for tuning in and supporting the channel. Uh, Vietnam Innovators wouldn't be where it is without you guys. Um, and as you know, we're all about profiling innovation, showing, showcasing how dynamic the country is and where the business and economy is going. And today, what better to capture an image of that than to talk to one of the biggest beer manufacturers and producers and uh, you know brands in Vietnam, That's which is, of course, Heineken Vietnam. Um, you can see one of their brands here, Heineken 0.0, I guess is how you would call it. Not actually an alcoholic beer, and we'll talk more about that later. Um, today's show, we're welcoming uh, the managing director. His name is Alex. Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you, Hal. Looking Thank you forward. for coming out here. Um, Alex, uh, you took on the managing director position of Heineken Vietnam during a very difficult time, uh, June 2020. Um, let's start off with that. Um, how was that transition joining as an MD of an organization as big as Heineken in the middle of the COVID pandemic? And, and how have you guys kind of powered through that, that phase? Yeah, so that's, that's, I think, what you call a flying start, right? Yeah. So I think there were two special dynamics to me becoming the MD of Heineken Vietnam. First of all, I came here as a commercial director in 2018. So I was already part of the management team for a good one and a half year as commercial director when I actually was promoted to managing director, which is something special because you're actually part of a management team and then all of a sudden you start to lead that team. So yes. I remember feeling a bit uncomfortable about that. And, and, and I remember this one evening that we had the farewell dinner we had with the management team for my predecessor. And we all did our little speeches thanking him for his contribution. And then after I finished my speech, mm. I said, I gave my commitment to the team. I said, guys, I can understand it's a bit weird for you maybe that all of a sudden I take the position as managing director, but I just want to express that I will give it my 200% and I hope I can build on your support. And then the feedback I received from the team was so encouraging that the next 
week when I took actually the position, it was quite comfortable to uh, to step in. So I think that's that's a bit the power of being vulnerable and expressing your 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 inner fears yes. in front of a team. Uh, although I was an MD before, but it was it was a good start. Yeah, it was in the middle of COVID, so this was obviously an unprecedented uh, situation. There were no handbooks for managing a company in 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 COVID, so we had to take a lot of decisions that we've never taken before a lot of intuitive decisions we had a people and safety committee running because our first focus was obviously the safety of our staff the well-being of our staff of our partners uh, etc so we had regular people and safety committees i decided to do a daily mt scrum mm-hmm. because things were going so fast communication and full alignment is, is critical so we had daily 30 minute mt meetings just to check in on the situation. And I think our, our compass was people's safety. That was the first thing we focused on, uh, not only of our staff. I was happy that we were able to vaccinate them quite early in, in, in the vaccination campaigns, but also our business partners. Uh, when, we, when the market reopened from the first uh, outbreak, we gave one and a half million bottles of Tiger to our to the outlets to welcome the guests back into mm. the bars. I think those things are important. We're, we're in a partnership. So care for the people was our was our compass. And, and I think, you know, Vietnam has been really good for Heineken Vietnam. We, in our 30 years history, we've grown to be the number one brewer in Vietnam. We've grown to be a top three player within the Heineken group. So after Vietnam being so good to us, you know, it's important that you're good for Vietnam as well. So I think we're part of a society and, 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 and that's something that also me as a leader, I want to really experience. It gives me the purpose to get out of bed every morning. I remember, what was it last year when we had the serious typhoon mm. in the center of, the, uh, of, of Vietnam, which was an exceptional typhoon season. And you just see all those images coming on the news, but you're in your head office in Ho Chi Minh City nothing much happening there so we decided on the first possible flights uh, to go there uh, together with a colleague and we gave out food we went really deep on the back of a of a motorbike into these hit areas and it's devastating to see but it also gives me a huge sense of purpose and we did the best contribution we could it's still super small given the uh, the huge damage that was done but i think that's important as a company and as a business leader mm. To, uh, to give to give that purpose. Being put into this role, you know, during COVID, but you just mentioned a top three market. Uh, what are the first two, just to capture like how how dynamic and fast growth? Well, well, this is of course it's like the hit parade, right? Yeah. So it's 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 moving year by year. But but Mexico, Brazil, Vietnam, Nigeria, South Africa, wow. Europe, of course, being uh, the the start of Heineken, those are all very key markets mm. for us. Okay, phenomenal. So. Um, I'm sure of a market with such growth potential and importance to the group, there's a lot of innovation and new things coming out of it. Maybe you can talk about um, how, you know, what brands have evolved in Vietnam and what kind of special kind of innovations have come out of here. I know, for example, you guys have a brand, Bia Vietnam, is that right? Yeah, Bia Viet. And that's specific to Vietnam. Um, Why have such innovations come out of a place uh, like Vietnam? Yeah, so we're Heineken Vietnam, but our biggest brand is Tiger, which obviously is very well known, especially here in the South and Ho Chi Minh City. So that's our number one brand. That's also the brand that we started to brew all the way in the beginning, in 91, when we started our operations. Um, Heineken being our flagship brand, 
Um, and we started to expand our portfolio actually quite exponentially during COVID. So I'm proud to say that against the odds, we've launched five different brands uh, during COVID. Heineken 00, which we have right here in front of us, a non-alcoholic Heineken. Um, Tiger Platinum, which was co-created uh, with, with our consumers. Maybe interesting to talk about that later, which is a, a wheat lager with, with some orange peel to it. Uh, Strongbow Chili Peach. Uh, Edelweiss, a new wheat beer, which we, will, we, which we will import. So five new launches, actually two new categories, the non-alcoholic beer segment, wheat segment. So we really want to show and, 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 and show the Vietnamese consumer that there's so much beyond lager. Mm. Uh, this is very much a, a lager market. Beer is a very much big part of, 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 of uh, Vietnamese culture, but there's so much more to discover. So that's why we innovate. And Beer Viet, of course, is our fifth innovation, which is uh, an interesting brand because we really try to bring something true to Vietnam. So mm. it took a long time to... to developed this brand. We launched it in March 2020. That was right during or after the first wave. We decided to continue with the launch, although we gave away the full launch budget we gave to the Fatherland Fund in support of the, uh, of the, of the, of the COVID unfolding COVID situation. So we didn't do any glamorous launch parties, but we decided to continue with the launch. We had three of our brewmasters co-developing the recipe because Vietnam being such a large market, it's very fragmented also. So the preferences in the north and the center and the south, they all differ. So we put our three brewmasters together to come up with a recipe which is appealing for all Vietnamese from north to south. So that was an exciting launch. The brand is doing really well. We also want to reflect upon uh, you know, the growth and innovation that, that's happening here. Um, and let's take a step back and remember it's the 30th year uh, for Vietnam. You mentioned 1991 was when yeah. Tiger Beer started launching and selling in, in Vietnam. Um, what, what uh, encapsulates that 30-year journey that, that you might want to highlight today? Um, what are the big milestones of that 30-year journey for Heineken here? Yeah, so of course, our birthday, that will be 9th of December, 91, mm. when we started uh, a joint it's venture. up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so it's almost, we're getting ready for party, although it will be a small party. We were gearing up for a big party with lots of guests, but we, we'll keep it small for now, but we'll celebrate hopefully later next year. So 91 was the start. Uh, Heineken Vietnam is a joint venture with Satra, Saigon Trading uh, Company, which I think has been essential for our success. And within Heineken, we regard this as one of our most successful joint ventures. Mm -hmm. So Satra has been with us all the way through. We started small, 20 people, one brewery in District 12, Hockmon, uh, growing to now six breweries, three and a half thousand uh, direct employees, 11 offices from north to south a brand portfolio, which we discussed, Heineken Tiger, mainstream brands, Strongbow Cider. Mm. Uh, so a lot happened over those, uh, over those years. Let's talk about some of the recent initiatives that you guys have, have run at Heineken Vietnam too. I, uh, I, you know, I've been told that, and I've seen it as well, that uh, in the recent Vietnam Mobile Marketing Awards, you, you guys have won a number of awards, uh, especially for your campaigns, such as Heineken Music in a Can, Tiger Collaboration Laboratory by Gen Z for Gen Z. What, maybe you can share more about why those campaigns were run the way uh, they were, especially the Gen Z one. Um, why, why targeting certain groups and, and why are you running the campaigns that you guys are running yeah. at the moment? 
Yeah, so that was a very festive moment for us last week, being elected marketer of the year, Heineken brand of the year. And in total, I believe we had 13, 13 awards on that on that uh, night. And that's a fantastic harvest, of, of harvest, a fantastic crown on the work from our marketing team. I'm super proud of them. And this has not been happening by accident. So we've been really intentional in, in, in moving the needle in marketing. You know, there's so much marketing stuff, which is average, uh, which is like vanilla, right? Everybody likes it, but nobody will really get wild. They're about all it. doing the same thing. Yeah, so it's, it's nice. Other. So we really try to challenge ourselves to go beyond, uh, beyond average and to really do things that, that, that make an impact and that are relevant for our target group. So we try to be as consumer centric as we can. So in this specific, I think both most awarded campaigns of the Heineken Music in a Can and the Tiger Platinum very much focused on the millennials, the Gen Z, obviously all 18 plus, uh, by really focusing on what, what excites them. So the Heineken Music in a Can was really created by the Heineken team it was a very rich campaign, I believe. It had uh, it had special cans, cooperation with four DJs, DJ Tiesto from the Netherlands, who I know because he's a bit of an older guy. I don't know, can't remember the all the other DJs. <laughs> yeah. Kashmir was there, and then two two more. Um, but but so we had those beautiful uh, limited edition cans. We had a QR code on that, which would take. Um, the, the 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 consumer into an augmented reality environment. You could uh, you get win Spotify uh, subscription. So it was a super rich campaign. Music and and Heineken or music and beer obviously is is a very good fit. So I'm very proud to say that this is really the work from actually the the young dynamic brand managers that we have in the in the Heineken team. How important is the Gen Set segment for Heineken? I mean, everyone's talking about it's a buzzword these days, Gen Set. Everyone's going for Gen Set. Let's, let's, I mean, I think it, simply put, if, if you don't focus on the youth, mm. you set yourself up for failure. Mm. And again, whenever I talk about youth, it is 18 plus. So it's, it's the new people that, that, that explore drinking beer. So it is a very important target. Of course, you cannot neglect your, your, your current users, but if you lose relevance as a brand or as a company mm. with, the, with, the, with the new consumers, then you set yourself up for failure. And, and, and things are changing really fast. Where What I think is interesting about the, the Tiger Platinum campaign that was awarded uh, as well, uh, Tiger is all about uncage your courage. Um, so we looked at ourselves, you know, we're, we're the ones shouting to our consumers, you gotta uncage your courage, be courageous, but how courageous were we? So we actually decided to give the brand into the hands of the target group and say, okay guys, you're gonna tell us what's the next beer is going to be like. Mm. Uh, we'll give the creation to you rather than us imposing, hey, this is the new beer we've developed and we hope you like it. So we had various phases where people could give their feedback online, how a beer should look like. Should it be a dark beer with roasted barley or a more caramel-based amber beer or a wheat lager with fruity elements? Based on that feedback, we brewed three uh, tiger beers. We had great plans to activate this in the on-trade, but COVID forced us to be super agile. And again, this is the adaptability of the team and any business, I guess, in COVID that's super fast. You need to adjust, okay, lockdown, on-trade. We made cans one, two, and three for the, uh, for the e-commerce and, and, and the off-trade, and people could vote on which beer they liked best. And that's the one that we now launched as, as Tiger Platinum. 
which is a wonderful beer. I don't know if you've tasted it. It's, I have. It's yes. a wheat lager yeah. with some orange peel, which comes from a small farm in the north of Vietnam. So I think it's... I'm really, I mean, after 25 years with Heineken, I can honestly say that I'm, I'm, I'm also a beer lover. And I like that we start to share the magic of beer uh, and show what else is possible with these ingredients, barley, hops, water, uh, and things like orange peel. You can make a completely different beer. Alex, uh, you've worked in a variety of different roles in different continents. Uh, you've been, I believe, in Europe and in Africa and maybe a couple other places that uh, too long to list here. But um, how different is it from Vietnam? You know, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned things like orange peel, like uh, for, for the ingredients in, in the Tiger Beer Platinum. Um, that gets me thinking, like in my experience, Vietnamese people really love fruity flavors, really sweet kind of uh, drinks. How different is the market uh, consumer preference here compared to all the other places that you've been. I'd really love to capture what that image is. So the biggest difference, I remember coming here. So when I, when I was on my first visit in Vietnam, and people told me in Vietnam, people put ice in your beer mm. and like not an ice cube, but a yes. rock of ice. Yeah. And I said, listen, no way. I've no been way. 20 plus years with Heineken. Nobody is going to put ice in my beer. Mm. Well, here we go, because it's actually quite nice to have ice in your beer because it's very hot out here uh, and having a rock of ice in your beer keeps it cool, refreshing. Do you, uh, do you drink with ice? I drink days? with ice. Okay. Absolutely. Can we get some ice yeah. in here, guys? Can we actually? I think we I have a fridge with ice. there. Yeah. yeah, so I quickly adapted. It makes, it makes sense. I mean, at home, I would not drink over ice, but if I'm out with the team, I would definitely drink over ice. And that's a phenomenon that you haven't observed anywhere else. No. It's very unique to Vietnam. Yeah. yeah. Interesting, okay. Maybe another story is that Heineken Silver, which is actually the first new recipe Heineken since mm. our existence that had to be approved by the Heineken family, mm. which was created specifically for the Vietnamese uh, beer market because it's such a, a market so close to, to our heart, mm. uh, which is a bit lower in bitterness, lower in alcohol, better pairs with food. So this is... I mean, for many people, it's just another beer. For us within Heineken, it's like really a bold move, brewing another recipe, Heineken, specifically tailored for, for Vietnam. And I'm super proud that it will now be launched in other markets uh, around the world. But yes, in, in my, so I've been 25 years with Heineken. That's almost 25 years, I should say. But, 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 and obviously, during my career, I've often wondered, like, okay, am I going to sell beer all my life? Is this going to be my, my, my mission? But... I, I, every time I realize that although beer is the red threat or the green threat, I should say, in, 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 in my career, it's been more than anything else, always about people. Mm. Yeah? Beer is such a sociable product. It brings people together. There's always a good story, a tear, a laughter over a beer. Uh, and having worked in, in so many different countries, cultures, I think that's what really keeps me going. Mm. Uh, and I still much enjoy working at Heineken. Yeah, Amazing. Yeah, um, the, the whole ice story, especially, I think that that uh, showcases just how special Vietnam is as a market. Um, every market's different, but uh, Vietnam especially is, is a one one case uh, for sure to look out for. Alex, um, you know, talking about the whole ice example, um, what is your overall impression of the socializing and drinking culture? Uh, there's a term in Vietnamese, nhô, to go nhô. Um, I would love to hear more about your thoughts in relation to like how Vietnamese consume beer in that context, like super sociable, but is it 
at home? Is it at food service points? Is it being bought at retail? Like maybe a bit more insights from you would be great to really understand how Vietnamese people look at beer and, and consuming it. So what, what really stands out for me next to the ice uh, thing mm-hmm. is that beer is truly social here. Mm-hmm. So whereas in Europe, you could crack a beer on your own after a hard day's work. That rarely happens in Vietnam. So beer is always consumed with family or friends. Uh, It's always consumed in a social setting with food, brings out a lot of stories. So it is, it's quite unique, the role that beer plays in Vietnamese society. It has also, let's say the share within alcohol is unseen anywhere in the world. So 95% of alcoholic consumption in Vietnam is actually beer rather than wines and spirits. And then of course you have the the informal rice wine, etc. That is more difficult to track, but it's it's really all about beer that people come together, and that's why I think this whole COVID thing had such an impact, especially in Vietnam, where a lot of the life and the livelihood and is lived on the streets over food and beer and a conversation. So you would say, uh, compared to Europe, let's say most of the beer sales are happening at restaurants, people going dining out, or at least you know at home gatherings. It's not really done at home at all. It is also done at home. So it will be maybe Mm 50-50, but it's always in this social setting. Mm -hmm. So I don't think you'll quickly find a Vietnamese consumer drinking a beer alone watching TV, whereas that could happen maybe in the US or Holland in my case. Uh, so it's always with food. It's always this social, and it's it's also it's again being Vietnam being so fragmented. It's very it's quite different in the north where you have the beer hoi culture, uh, which is the fresh draft beer culture. You have seasons in the north, so the role of ice in beer is not year round. Mm. I was told even the size of the ice cubes differs per region. So here in Ho Chi Minh City, it's like a big fistful of ice you get in your glass. Uh, in the center could be smaller ice cubes in the north, not in the winter, but only in the summer. So make Vietnam such a colorful and, and, and great place. Would you like ice right now, by the way? We can get some. Uh, if, if the beer is cold. Well, we should definitely open our beers anyways. Yeah. Uh, enjoy this. Cheers, Alex. Cheers, Hao. Yep. Thanks for having me. Of course. You like it? I do. How, how is a beer like this doing in, in Vietnam? Do Vietnamese consumers take to it or is it an education in progress? I know in the US, for example, in Europe, it's it's growing at a very fast pace, if not the fastest um, amongst the beer portfolio. Yeah, so it, it, this is this is really an important trend in, in across the world. But in Vietnam, we're really at infant stages. So we really need to explain to the consumer that you can actually brew beer without alcohol. When people taste this, they almost are suspicious that it cannot be without alcohol, but yes. it's truly 0.0, which is basically less than fruit juice. Yeah. So it's it's a long way to go. But for us, it's really important. Being the company who we are, we're alcohol producers. So we want to grow sustainably, but also responsibly. So the fact that Vietnamese enjoy having a beer together, we do want them to come home safe at the end of the day. And that's a huge responsibility, a huge task. Uh, we're absolutely not there yet, but we want to start this notion of you don't drink and drive. But then if you still want to cheer with your friends, actually Heineken Zero or an alcoholic beer is a great alternative mm. that you're part of the gang. You're drinking a fully natural product, but you don't have the alcohol. It's a long way to go, but we're committed to make this work. Excellent. Uh, speaking of commitment and what you want to you know, where you want to take the Heineken business. What is the vision for the Heineken business in the future? Um, Let's talk maybe in the next 12 months, especially since we're in this 
pre-COVID or post-COVID phase, yeah. especially in regards to this latest lockdown. I'll um, quote you but, on the uh, post-COVID phase. Right? There we go. Yes. Um, <laughs> but also looking, you know, five, 10 years from now, like 30 years ago, could have the Heineken team imagined that it would be, you know, where it is today. Um, we'd love to get your thoughts on that, maybe the next four months. And so to that, and that's why I think it's important that we do celebrate our 30th anniversary. So what we plan to do is to have a small dinner with the 30, let's say, key persons in our history. Because if you talk about entrepreneurship, so that's that's Chairman Chow who went to Europe and looked for a brewer and my Heineken colleagues at the time who shook his hand and went off for this adventure in Vietnam. Those are the true entrepreneurs. So 30 years ago, they started this maybe crazy adventure in Vietnam in 91 that now has grown to be a top three business for, for Heineken worldwide. I think that is super inspiring and we, we can only be you know, it's humbling to stand on, on their shoulders. We are very positive about the next 30 years. I think Vietnam has a tremendous potential to it. So COVID has been tough, is tough. Let's be honest, it's not over yet. 45% fully vaccinated. If I look what's happening in Europe now with 80 plus percent vaccinated, mm. we are not there yet. But, but, but in the end, this will be a dent on an otherwise continuous growth path. And, and so I, I'm, we are very positive about the outlook for Vietnam. We will continue to grow in a, in a sustainable way together with Vietnam. I think that's important that we take our responsibility to be really part of society. Sustainability is very important for us. We call this brew a better Vietnam. Uh, I think we can all honestly admit that maybe five, 10 years ago, sustainability agenda was more of a corporate hygiene factor, whereas that now massively shifted in a highly urgent topic. Companies, maybe more than governments, can contribute to a significant change what's happening in the world and being more uh, going for a more sustainable world. So we're, we're, as a team here in Vietnam, we're committed to contribute to that. Yeah, people say in the past that if you were leading efforts on sustainability, you were paying the price uh, for your business uh, moving forward. But actually now, more and more, we're seeing companies that are leading those sustainability efforts are the ones that actually are reaping the rewards, particularly financially as well. Yeah, so consumers will no longer accept. So it's, it's, it's no longer, it's not a tick in the box, but consumers just would ignore you if you are if you grow irresponsibly and it is difficult so we made big commitments for heineken vietnam in 2025 being 100 percent renewable 100 percent water balanced zero waste to landfill 99.5 percent i believe the last 0.5 percent that's the, the difficult one and these are real commitments and they're easy on paper they're fantastic in your speeches everybody will applaud but you have to do it and it's not easy and it will cost you more. It hurts, but it, I think it to truly matter, it has to hurt a little bit. Climate discussion is so complicated. Um, well, just to end today's episode to Alex, um, I'd like to, for you to kind of capture the, the spirit of the team at Heineken as well. Uh, you mentioned uh, for the 30th anniversary, you're bringing some of the biggest, uh, not only biggest stakeholders, but uh, the ones that have been around longest that have grown this company. Uh, what is the identity of the company culture today, particularly in the, the Vietnam context? Who's working at Heineken? Who are these, um, especially young guns that are joining the company now? Especially you joined as a management trainee, for instance, right? Um, who are the ones joining Heineken Vietnam today? Um, it, it's, it's a very wide range of people. So we have people who've been with us for 30 years. We have distributors who are still there. We have bars that are still there. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and obviously we, we cherish that, but we also know that we need to constantly adapt and renew and adjust to the new situation. So I think it's a very broad uh, identity that we have as Heineken Vietnam. If there's one thing that struck me when I came here, it would be passion for winning. So the commitment I feel in the team here, the resilience, the sacrifices that people have been willing to make. We have six breweries. Three of those had the famous or infamous three on-site policy. So we had to ask hundreds of our colleagues to take a one-way ticket into the brewery and literally camp there for three months and keep the business, the breweries running, be it at low levels, given the, uh, the impact. Just the recently, we just, uh, our brewery in Qingyang, just weeks ago, mm. we could release our staff there. And they did so with incredible commitment. Uh, we tried to take care of them as, as, as good as we can, making the camp comfortable, providing good food, uh, etc. That's a sacrifice, a commitment that I've rarely seen uh, anywhere else. So the passion, the commitment from the team is, is quite unique. And we need to adapt as an, as an organization. We're having discussions now. Actually, last week in the management team, we had asked a delegation of our staff um, how would you guys want to come back to the office? Uh, we're actually refurbishing our office. It looked a little bit, uh, well, it was up for refreshment. So we go to, we will go to an open office, uh, no more fixed desks, uh, breakout corners, coffee corners, quite, quite an inspiring place. I think it will be once we get back there in December. So we asked the staff, how would you like to work? We've been working from home uh, for, for, for months now. Are we all going to come back five days a week in the office or is it going to be different? So we asked them to propose to us. They came with a minimum two days in office and the rest work from anywhere. So that's different, right? Yeah. Not even work from home, work from anywhere. But as a management team, we said, listen, if we want to be progressive, really listening and, and empowering our staff, then two days it is. Why not? We're now running the show fully working from, from home. So when we come back, we will be minimum two days in the office. Maybe it will be more. Hopefully it will be more because I think it will be a cool place to work. But the rest will be working from anywhere. Obviously, that cannot be for our staff and the brewery, etc. But our head office will be flexible. So this is how we adjust. We, we talked about the next, the new generation. That's a whole different uh, generation, whole different expectation when it comes to how you want to work. Mm -hmm. You will probably... I think I'm, my career is like a dying breed, right? 24 years at Heineken. That's a super long time. Uh, people are looking for, for much quicker changes, yes. uh, quicker challenges. For people uh, to stay two, three years at a role is, yeah. is quite special. Then right? they're going to start knocking on your door. I've been in marketing two years. I want to become a marketing director. Right, right. I did five years in marketing, junior brand manager, brand manager, senior brand manager. Then I went to sales. I did a few years of trade marketing. Then after nine years, I became commercial director. I had a backpack full of experience. So that's a discussion I sometimes have with my younger colleagues. Like, we will try to accommodate your wishes, but also don't be too impatient. It is important to also have deep experiences, not lightly touch everything and then, then butterfly to the, next, uh, to the next job. Have some real experiences. A few scratches and bruises will make you strong as a leader in the future, I think. Excellent. Well, thank you, Alex, for sharing your experiences, your scratches and bruises, both at the company <laughs> level uh, and yourself, of course, and on the way to, to bigger and better things, of course, for Heineken. Um, Alex, thank you for joining the show, another episode of Vietnam Innovators. Um, we'll have to give one more cheers, of course, cheers. to enjoy our Heineken Thanks, drink Al. here. Much enjoyed of our course. conversation. Well, everyone listening in today for another episode of Vietnam Innovators, Alex, the Managing Director of Heineken Vietnam, 
Uh, you can subscribe to our channel on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and of course our website uh, to hear more about uh, Alex and the Heineken Vietnam story. Uh, 30 years in Vietnam and 30 more to go with uh, more innovations to come, I'm sure. Uh, Alex, we'll hope to invite you again to the studio sometime soon. But until then, best wishes to the Heineken team. Thank you so much. I'll be happy to come back and interview you on your amazing <laughs> Etcetera story. Yes, uh, we'll, we'll <laughs> save that for another time. Thanks, <laughs> Alex. Thanks. Vietcetra's Vietnam Innovator Series is only one of many podcasts hosted by the team. We also have Have a Sip, hosted by our VP of Content, Thuy Minh, as well as the Vietnamese edition of Vietnam Innovators, hosted by Vietcetra's Chief Operating Officer, Ruby Nguyen. Look out for more podcast production soon from the Vietcetra team. You can also check out the video version of this podcast on our other platforms such as YouTube and Facebook. New episodes are out every week, so don't forget to subscribe to Vietcetra's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube channel for more interesting content. Hey guys, good news. Vietcetera has now officially rolled out a mobile app for Android. Now you can download our mobile app on both the Apple iOS store and the Google Play store right now. More functions are coming very soon, so stay on the lookout.